This is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. I want to tag my title onto you this morning and then tag it to the table of the Lord. Why men fail? Why men fail? It's my communion message. Uh, Before you take your seats, uh, let me tag a text to the title, 1 Corinthians 15.55. Oh death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? I'm going to talk to us this morning. Uh, Allow me some uh, leeway. It's nowhere, I don't see it in the Bible, but uh, just to, to put it out there as a pastor, are you carrying a graveyard spirit? O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The congregation may be seated. Please pay careful attention because we are going to drink and break some of the things that need to be broken this morning. There is a sea in uh, Israel at the bottommost part of Israel. We've been there, we traveled. Uh, we traveled from Jerusalem and we went right down. The bus went down. Uh, you feel it more when the bus is coming back to Jerusalem because it starts to ascend from the sea called the Dead Sea. As a matter of fact, it's not a sea because it doesn't flow into anything else. It's more a big lake rather than a sea. But they call it the Dead Sea. The rabbis in the Talmud termed it the Sea of Salt. Uh, Some rabbis also called it the Sea of Sodom. At the southernmost tip of the sea is Sodom and Gomorrah where Lot's wife turned into a pillar of of salt. Little wonder then why you would think uh, the Dead Sea has so much of salt. As a matter of fact, uh, the Dead Sea has 22% of salt component in its water and every other sea has about 3% salt component in its water. Little wonder why the saltiness of that water is so salty. Uh, If you, and we went on it, they say you cannot be on the water for more than 10 or 15 minutes because the salt will make your skin uh, dry. You must come out and uh, go into fresh water and wash yourself. Otherwise your skin will start to, um, uh, what's the word, dehydrate and it will sting. I'm looking for the word sting. Uh, the, the river Jordan is the river that flows past the uplands and it's teeming with life it's filled with fishes if that's a word or fish it's filled with it's teeming with life filled with fish filled with plant life and all of those things uh, and you can drink the water But it flows down towards the Dead Sea. As soon as it reaches this, and by the way, the Dead Sea 
if it is in the lowest part of the earth. Presently, there's no part lower in land, topography, uh, lower than where the Dead Sea is. So if you are at the Dead Sea, you are in the lowest part, more like a grave. You are in the lowest part of the earth, the Dead Sea. So the water starts to flow and it can go nowhere. The reason why it's called a Dead Sea is that it has an inlet, but it doesn't have an outlet. So the water flows in, but the water can't flow out. And everything that goes into the Dead Sea dies. I'm talking to people here today that may carry the spirit of a grave. Where life flows into you, but flow of life doesn't flow out of you. I'm talking to people today where people bless you with things, but the blessings become a curse just because it came to you. Had it gone to anybody else, it would have been a blessing. Are you carrying that spirit of the Dead Sea? Is there evidence in your life that living things come to your life just to die? You are a carrier of a spirit. One pastor said this, and I like what he said. Men are theaters that reveal spirits. See, la, think about it. Men are theaters, theaters, or theaters, whichever way, that reveal spirits. When you, when you see a guy, you say, this guy is a blessed guy. And this guy, you reveal the spirit. Everything you are going through today is either consciously or unconsciously in fraternity with you. As Vesh will say, that's deep, so let's pause. Everything you are going through is because of a spirit that is in governance over you. Today, I'm not preaching to make you upset. I'm preaching to make you angry. Because if that is hovering over you, when you come to the table, you're going to have to lock, like I said on Wednesday, lock your hands on the four horns of the altar and break this thing. Whatever I say today is not to make you upset, but it's to make you angry. So that you are going to break these things. Are we together? Now, four cadres that lift the gates of death in your life. Four cadres that lift the gates of death. Does not the Bible say, and the gates of hell? What are the gates of hell? The gates of death and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against you. He said, I will build my church. And this is a word that needs to bring, build into the church. And I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Uh, somebody get excited this morning. I'm teaching four cadres that lift gates of death into your life. Why do you become a dead sea when the living waters of Jordan flow into you? Four cadres. Number one, covenants, oaths, and truces. I'll talk about that. Number two, because of disobedience in our lives. Number three, because of the spirit of fear. And number four, the spirit of ignorance. 
Let's talk about covenants that may be operating in your life that are not broken. Oaths that you took. Promises that you made in the past that you have not fulfilled. But the Spirit is waiting for that. If you, have not have, if you did not, don't have a superior Spirit of God that has broken that, that covenant is still operating in your life. When we come to the blood of the, uh, of the Lamb, you're going to have to expose it and say, God, break this thing. I didn't know about this, but today I know about it. People enter into agreements with demonic realms to empower them. People enter into agreements with demonic realms just to be empowered by them. Let me say this. The Bible, there are spirits that will want to bless you, but the tail end of it is that you must do something to fulfill that blessing that was given to you. Uh, otherwise, that will come back to you and add sorrow to you. Isn't the Bible says in Proverbs, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and what? And adds no sorrow. Spirits will bless you, but it demands something from you for a return. But the blessing of the Lord as a spirit, God's spirit, it blesses you and adds no sorrow. But there are spirit, the, the, the spiritual realm blesses you with a demand that there must be something that must be paid back. Oh, I'm not sure whether you understand that. Okay. So every spirit that blesses, every spirit that blesses adds sorrow. If you find that you were blessed and then something is attacking the blessing and killing the blessing at some stage, there is a spirit behind it. There is a covenant. There is an oath. There is a truce behind it and that must be broken. When you come to the table of the Lord, you must break that spirit. Isaiah 49, I'm moving on. Isaiah 49, 24. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? The lawful captive. That means some people have, uh, have not been overpowered by spirits, but have been given power over two. You have given power over two. You've not been overpowered. The devil didn't do anything to overpower you. You just handed it over on a plate and said, if you will bless me, I will do this, 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 and this. You have entered into a covenant with a lawful spirit. Isaiah says, you have become a lawful captive. Are we together? There are some of you that are holding onto artifacts of strings, of gold, of silver that represents your covenant, your, your, your agreement in covenant with some spirit. And it's still in your house. It's still in your life. And that's why the blessing of the Lord comes to you. You flourish in a moment and then it becomes a graveyard. And that spirit Cannot, you cannot say, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? Because it's having victory over you. Some of you have went to eastern places and you have brought artifacts 
in innocence. You are keeping it in your house, but it is an it is an aerial of attraction for an altar, for a covenant, for a truce, and for an oath, and it's not been broken. It has opened your life. That means that's why you can go anywhere else and you can, you can experience the blessing, the atmosphere of blessing. But yet when you go back to your own home, like Ezekiel says, can these dead bones live again? Some of you are living in homes that have been consecrated to spirits and you have not pray, prayed over the, those spirit, that, that home. You've not blessed at that home, blessed. You've not broken the covenant. You've not broken the truce by which that land was handed over. And that's why you have frustration in that particular property. You can go out and experience peace, but when you come back, like Ezekiel says, can these dead bones live again? It's like a graveyard. Are we together this morning? Genesis 2.17, uh, we see that God is saying, but you must never eat from the tree of good, or the tree of knowledge of good and evil, good and evil. Certain good as evil in its end. Please hear me. Certain good as evil in the end. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a person. But its end is the way to, it seems right. You, you, you get into the decision. And that's why I said on, on New Year's night, let's pray that God is going to take you into making right decisions. Because there is a way that seems right. It seemeth right, but the end of it is death. It's a Jordan. It starts teeming with life, but it ends in the Dead Sea. We're going to break that tonight, this morning. You're going to have to break if you realize that this is what's happening in my life. It starts as a blessing, but ends as a curse. You're going to have to take communion this morning and say, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. And let me tell you this, Ecclesiastes 10.8. Some of us, we see, we think that it's good and we break the edge and we enter into that garden. The Bible says, whosoever breaketh an edge, a serpent shall bite him. So you entered the garden thinking that it was good, but you didn't pray hard enough. You made the, you made the choice of, of that place, of that cause, of choosing that career. But it's when you got into it, when you got into it, you realize it's the Dead Sea instead of the Jordan. Are we together this morning? Number two, let's talk about obedience. Satan knows that all power is given unto you. Matthew 28, 18. It says all power is given unto you. So, like Adam given power in, in the garden... Power has been given to us. The way to break power is to cause you to be disobedient to God. The, the way to break power in your life is to cause you to be disobedient to God. You cannot wield that power when you have been disobedient to God. Satan looks 
to a lust that you are susceptible to and he uses that particular lust to get you to disobey God. Uh-huh. James 1, 14 to 15 says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away in his own lust and enticed. Then when lust at conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth the dead sea. Are we together? I rise to tell you this morning for every one of you, and I'm not pointing fingers, but for every one of you, there is a glorious destiny. Somebody say amen. There is a glorious destiny that awaits you. I prophesy it, I say it, I speak it. Uh, let it move from the pew, from the altar to the pew. There is a glorious destiny for you. But there is a supernatural undertone in demonic circles to attack that glorious destiny. There is a super, somebody say after me, there is a supernatural undertone to every glorious destiny of my life. Say it one more time. There is a supernatural undertone to every glorious destiny in my life. Now hear me. The way the devil will subvert that, cut that off, is by causing you to be disobedient to God. And then what was intended to be a blessing, the Jordan will flow into the Dead Sea. It will start off as a blessing. All right? I want you to know that demons will use your desires to destroy you. Disobedience. Now, disobedience is a complex demonic intelligence system. It, it, it has studied you. The, this, it's a complex system that has studied Vesh. It knows at which area Vesh will become disobedient in. Uh, it's a complex. It follows. It, it just, and his, vulnerable, his vulnerability is tied to his disobedience. He is vulnerable only in the situation to which he can become disobedient. I'm not sure whether you, is that, is that, you understand it? And the more you walk in rebellion, the weaker you become to contending with those demonic forces against you. The more you give in to that, it weakens you, it weakens you. Adam and Eve could not go beyond uh, eating of what they should not eat. It weakened their fight. It weakens you. And, and here's what I want to say to each one of us. Every one of us should have, for this, to overcome the spirit of disobedience, every one of you should have an accountability structure in your life. Let me ask you a question. Who can hold you accountable? Who, who do you report to? Or are you a power in yourself? And when... I'm me. In simple terms, who do you fight for? He said me. <laughs> who do you who, are you, who are you scared of? And I know that the ladies tell their husbands this, I'm going to take you to the pastor. I'm going to tell pastor about you. 
please don't use that as a threat because most men, when they say tell the pastor about you, they leave the church. <laughs> Unless they have really established that I am accountable to the pastor. That pastor, he is, he, I am, is, is the God agent in my life. And, and if you tell your wife, if there's anything that goes wrong, you call pastor. Then there's, you've opened the gate for accountability. Until then, you have not. And that is why church is an accountable structure. Without you knowing, right now, there is a voice that's holding you accountable. That is why when you want to run, you don't feel like going to church. That's why when you're on the run, let's put it that way, you don't come to church. Many men and women, when they're on the run, their church life goes down. Because there is a spirit that is holding them accountable. Wives, listen to me. When your husband is not feeling like coming to church, he's feeling like doing something else. Or he's on the run. And vice versa. Because when you come here, there is a spirit that is speaking to you. There is a spirit. Like it or not, church is not a venue. Church is an altar. Again, you should be, you should say in, in silence and secret that church speaks to me. And when, 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 when the man of God is speaking to you, I want you to understand, it's not the natural man that's speaking to you. The Spirit of God brought you here. And the Spirit of God is speaking to your structures. You must hear he, hear he, oh hear he the word of God. And let me say this to us in, in church attendance. Whenever you don't feel like coming to church, any excuse will do. Yeah, or the church is too full. Uh, we don't get enough uh, parking. Nobody gives us enough attention. Whatever, you will not feel like it because there is something that is happening in your life. We've gone quiet in this church. You listening? All right, let's move on. The next cater in your life that the enemy will get you to convert life into death is the spirit of fear. Spirit of fear. Ladies and gentlemen, there are two things that you are born with. Two natural things to man. Hunger. Let me hear an amen. amen. Hunger. You, you, nobody has to tell you you are hungry. You just get hungry. And the next one is you are born with fear. Let me tell you why you are born with fear. Let me show you. Fear came with the fall of man. Fear came when Adam fell. Here's it in the scripture. Genesis 3.10. Are, are we together? Are you in the building? The man answered to God, I was naked. And when I heard you walking through the garden, I was... I can't hear you. It's the first time you hear it in the Bible. I was frightened and I hid from you. There are many people still hiding from God. Because they are frightened. All right. Now, what, what do you need to... God says through Timothy, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, 
but is given us a spirit of power and of love and of soberness of mind. You must take communion, take the blood of Jesus. I'm going to talk about it just now, how his nature becomes your nature. You must take the blood of Jesus and so that it erases fear. I want to talk to some of our old mothers that may have fear. In Tamil, they call it marandabayo. Yes, fear comes into your, into your room. You're too scared to switch off the light. No, there's no need to be afraid. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you a spirit of what? I'm talking to those people that have seen uh, psychologists and psychiatrists just for fear. No, I want to tell you that you need to take communion today and uh, erase that spirit of fear. Yes. You should not have fear. God has not given you the spirit of fear. There are some people afraid to start things. Be the first to start some things in your life. Are we together this morning? All right. And I'm going to move on to the next cadre. And this is the last one. It's ignorance. Ephesians 4, 17 and 18. Please listen to me. It says they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. I want to tell you today, don't give way to ignorance. Coming to church does not make you ignorant. It just opens your eyes and makes you more perceptive. And that's why I want to say to us today, avoid little distractions. Do you know where you sit? The devil can use people to upset you. Where you sit. Avoid distractions. Right there. It's as if like we timed it, you know, to put the alarm on and then distraction. Some of you don't even know what's happening because you're so far off, you didn't even know the alarm went off. That was the church alarm that went off. Avoid distractions. I was telling our leaders and I want to make this clear in our church. That you don't come to church to have a social engagement. You come to church to engage with God. And I want to tell you today, all of our parents that are listening to us, your parents should send their children to children's church. We have put in a lot of money. We have engaged with our children. They must go to children's church. Uh, the, the mother's room is for mothers with smaller babies. We have now put in instruction, a curriculum, to take care of your children. Here it comes. Some of you don't have the heart and the year to year God's word. So you use your children to conveniently remove you from the place of instruction. Yes. I told our praise and worship that once you're done, you sit in the church. Because there are churches where... Praise and worship, they think they just came to lead you, perform, and then they go and sit, stand outside, open their buttons and fan themselves. You're joking. You're joking. It will never happen in this church. Not under my watch. Not under my watch. 
But why, pastor, are you saying that? Because the enemy wants to keep you in darkness. That's what the scripture says. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. Are you, are you listening this morning? And the enemy will do anything. He'll use any system to get you up. If that is you, you feel like doing praise and worship, but then you want to get up and go and stand in the foyer. You want to go and stand outside. That's the enemy using you. Using the system, uh, darkened in the understanding and separated from the life of God. Please be perceptive to the distractions that the enemy wants to use to bring you into ignorance. There should be, there should be nothing that should be distracting you. And if you're using any excuse not to be in the auditorium, there is a separation, there is a spirit of separation that wants to separate your feet from the house of God. So don't give way to ignorance. Don't allow distractions. Don't allow private conversations to remove you. Don't allow even sleep to distract you. Falling off to sleep. If you're falling off to sleep, tell somebody, hold me accountable. Yeah, tell me. Tell somebody, lock your hands and shake me when, when I'm falling off to sleep. Give, give them permission to... Yes. There's five-fold ministry as well. <laughs> Matthew 13, 16 says, But blessed are your eyes because they see. Open your eyes in church. Are we together? Here's what I want to say. This is what communion will do. Give me this. There's a dead sea. But God says, I will refresh the waters that will flow into you. This is prophetic. I will refresh the waters that will flow into that spirit that is killing everything in your life. He says, and it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live. And there shall be a great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live whither the river, from whence the river comes. There's a river that God is going to send into your life. I prophesy for those of you, uh, I may have diagnosed it, uh, but I'm not only diagnosing your condition, I'm giving you the medicine that God told me to give you. We're not leaving it incomplete. Uh, I'm not describing your situation. I'm trying to say, there is a river. I like one song, right? One song. Uh, there is a river. That flows within my heart. Anybody know who the singer is? Jimmy Swaggart sang that. There is a river. If you can give me the words, I sing. That flows from within. Anybody know that? Everybody stand this morning. I'm done. We're going to take communion. Gregory, let's distribute communion. I want you to get ready this morning. I've preached. No, it's not what you wanted to hear, but what you needed to hear. Am I right?
There are about five people here today. When you go home, God has ministered to you already. There are some things in your home that you need to discharge from your home. There are strings that you wore. There is gold that you attached value to. But it's chained you to a covenant. I want you to ask God to give you the peace to release that from your life. And you see that God is going to give you that peace but is also going to give you the blessings that will come. It will be the waters that will flow into your life. Communion means fellowship. Kononia. Fellowship with God. Communion is not a church activity. It's not a religious prescript. Communion gives you height in the spirit. Say amen. amen. Communion gives you height in the spirit. In theology, it's called the doctrine of interpenetration. The doctrine of interpenetration. When God mingles with man and man mingles with God. The doctrine of interpenetration. This must not be done lightly. You are joining your body with the body of Christ. As in biology, they speak about a thing called diffusion. Diffusion is a movement of molecules from a region of high concentration to a region of low concentration. Osmosis has a similar meaning. A region, a movement of molecules from a region of high concentration to a region of low concentration. But it moves through a semi-permeable membrane. That semi-permeable membrane has become the cross of Jesus Christ. Movement of his life mingling with the life of the believer through the cross of Jesus Christ. Everybody that comes to the cross, that's why he said, for as often as you eat of this bread and you drink of, you do this in remembrance of my death. Causes an intermingling. And when there is an intermingling, what's in his body comes into your body. We're doing blood transfusions, we're doing blood today, giving blood, but there's a transfusion of his spiritual blood into your biological blood system. So that as it is in heaven, so that it can be with you. I want you to trust God as you take this. Uh, those of you that may have something in your body that shouldn't be in your body. If it cannot survive in Christ's body, it should not survive in your body. That's why it speaks about the power of healing. You must take communion and believe that you are going to be healed. You must take communion and know that the covenant and the truce and the oaths that are holding your life as a graveyard, you put his death before this thing and say, no, in the name of Jesus, you're joking. I'm going to cancel this thing with the blood of the lamb. I gave you the problem, but I'm not leaving you without the solution. That's why I said it's a communion message. Why men fail, but why man can succeed. There is a river that causes death, but there is a river that flows with life. I ended it, I, stru I structured the message to give you hope today. 
not to tell you where your condition is, but where your condition can be. Are we together? The mystery of the blood. I want you to listen to me. By the mystery of the blood, when somebody shoots a deadly arrow, Psalm 91, 5 to 8 says, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Let me tell you something. Every success attracts an arrow. Yes. You, you, you're naive to think that you can do well and nobody's going to hate on you. Especially in the Christian world. Huh. So, there are arrows leveled against you with your name on it. Are we together? You shall not be afraid of the noisome pestilence of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. There are arrows with your name on it. Today when you drink, I want you to say, God, wherever there is an arrow leveled against me, Wherever there is a weapon fashioned against me, I drink blood. I drink blood. You stand in the mystery of the blood. Listen to me, please. You will say, my name is Vernon Jacob. I am in communion and in fellowship with the blood of Jesus Christ. You will say, my name is Vimal Chetty. I stand in fellowship and communion with the blood of Jesus. Every arrow that has my name... In communion today, it breaks. That's why I told you, don't miss communion. You're going to arrest, you enter, you engage the enemy and say, My name is Sharice Jacob. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. This thing that is fashioned against me is broken. This blood flows. There is power. We sing the song, do we not? There is power, power, wonder working power. What is the power? That's the power that will arrest the noisome pestilence, Dylan. It's that power that will destroy the arrow that fly by day with your name on it. I want you to say that this morning. Take authority. You in church, say it. My name is Melanie Ramros. Now you don't say it. She let us say it. But that's not your name. Put your name wherever it is. Speak this morning. Hold the blood in your hand and say Ah, you're, a, you're quiet my name is said I am in communion and in fellowship with the blood of Jesus Christ listen to me this is what you are doing in Acts 28 verse 5 a snake came up from the fire and it bit Paul and those uh, people that were there, there are some people waiting to see the arrows have success in your life. They are waiting to see the arrows of success that they have sent in your direction. They are waiting for you to see you that you are poisoned. Uh, they were looking at Paul and they said, this, let's see how long he's going to last because this is a viper. There are some snakes that bite you and run away. You know some of them. Yes. And there are some snakes that, like vipers, they bite you and they hold on to you. There are different kinds of snake bites. Some snakes don't bite you, they don't spit on you, they wrap themselves. You know some of those snakes. There are different kinds of snakes that can kill you. They'll wrap themselves slowly around you and squeeze the life out of you. Some of you live in with that spirit. 
squeeze the life out of you. Some don't bite you, they don't strike you, but they spit. Yeah, from a, from, from a distance, they just... And it goes in your eyes. And if you don't know how to wash it out, there are different strategies of snakes. And you can't treat all snakes the same. My God, my God. There you are. You're trying this strategy on that snake and it's not working because you're using the wrong strategy. Yes. There is different venom. But you know the thing about venom when a snake bites you and how they make the anti-venom? They take the blood of lambs. Hmm. They take the blood of lambs and they mix it with a, a snake poison and they create a thing called a serum. That is why in the Old Testament, God said, when snakes bite you in the desert, lift up the cross. And everybody that looks at the cross, that will be the anti-serum. And later, Christ will come onto that cross. And he'll give the anti-serum. The lamb that was slain. Oh, you are. The lamb that was slain for the sins of man, for the bites of men. There is a lamb that was slain. You are holding that blood in your hand. For the snake bites. For the weapons that are fashioned against you. And in uh, that scripture, they're looking at Paul. And Paul just shakes it out. They're looking for him to die. There are some people that have sent you arrows and they're waiting to see death. But they don't know that you had communion. That you had communion. This morning, there is a light that shines in darkness. And the darkness is those arrows that are waiting to see you dead. But they didn't understand. Because the darkness couldn't comprehend. The light. The Bible says, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not understand it. Or overpower it. Or appropriate it. Or absorb it. The, the darkness could not understand it. People are looking to you and saying, we sent the arrow. How is it that you're still prospering? The darkness can't comprehend the light. It can't absorb it. It can't understand why you're still succeeding. Why you're still standing. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Yes. So the blood is God's weapon for man. It's designed to help him walk in a realm that he was designed to walk in. You were designed to walk in a realm. We're talking to somebody. So last, last thing that I want to tell you. Whenever the devil comes to contend with you. Revelations 12, 11, And they overcame him. By the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. There is grace this morning. To lift you from dead things. And to lift you. You may be in the ebb, the lowest part of the earth. I started off with that. But there is grace.